Now, the greatest story never told with Miles and Thrill. Oh, welcome to the greatest story never told podcast, episode number 54. Holy cow. The special holiday edition, the Thanksgiving episode of the Greatest Story Never Told podcast. Welcome, and as uh, always, we invite you to uh, be a sponsor to the Greatest Story Never Told podcast. All you simply have to do is make a little donation there to one of the three local fisher houses in the area. Uh, just show us that you made any kind of donation. You'll be an unofficial sponsor. We're not sure who's sponsoring this program right now. We know there's commercials in here. Either way, though, you could be the unofficial sponsor of The Greatest Story Never Told. All we was to do is... Uh... Astroglide. That's the one I remember. And I have not heard any of them, yeah. but I I feel like that was very appropriate. Sure. Somehow. But we're trying to help out the Fisher House. And there was the, the, the female product there. The right. female... Yeah, you remember there was a uh, uh, cup, if you will, for uh, for ladies during that, uh, time that of the special month. time of the month. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, the blood cup. But, uh, but I don't know what it was called. I just think it's amazing that these are the yeah. we have no idea. So it's spectacular. It's like if a you, uh, box of Cracker Jacks. If you get a chance, though, uh, pick up some Men's Room Original Red. That helps our friends at the Fisher House. Uh, Uli's World Famous Sausage down on Pike Place Market. Mm-hmm. Lots of places that still distribute Men's Room Original Sausage with the beer inside. That goes to the Fisher House as well and any donation you want to make. So we do have a couple emails. We'll start with these. Uh, it says, Men. I recently listened to your podcast, Greatest Story Never Told, on the Men's Room app, and there are no episodes available. I did find it on another streaming podcast service. Now I cannot even open the Men's Room app on my iPhone. I'll look for the app in the App Store. It is no longer offered. Just tell me what's cooking, guys. I don't want to face the afternoons without you guys, but something is up. Is this a step in a bigger direction for you guys? Uh, actually, no. Uh, they folded the app after we lost our syndication. Mm-hmm. The app was basically there for uh, anybody who was listening around the country to be able to tune in at any time at any one of their affiliates and be able to listen. Same with mensroomlive.com, the website that was there for the affiliates as well to get news out that was outside of Seattle and all that stuff. But since we have uh, lost our syndication, really no need to do that, especially with the radio.com app. With the Radio.com app, you can listen to us anywhere. So they've switched everything over to the Radio.com app as far as our daily podcast is concerned. Greatest Story Never Told, uh, Ted's Podcast, the Megacast, all that stuff is now available at Radio.com. And if you're listening to this, you probably already figured it out. I'm glad you know that because I'm always like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, let's see. We continue. On another note, I found it funny that when you were all discussing the Boy Scout memories, episode 53, the need to shelter the name of the poor bastard in the canoe when I just heard the name Arthur on episode 48 <laughs> and two other times. Yeah, I forgot. Also, is there His any... name was Arthur, all right? Yeah. Fine. Is there any chance that Robin could be a guest on your podcast? I would love to hear from her and how she's doing. Kind regards. That from the boat builder. That's not a bad idea at all. I'd be curious to... Uh, in uh, hindsight, to know what Rob, what, what some of Robin's uh, more memorable moments were with the show, as far as things that she remembers with dealing with us. Now, look, she is probably the kindest, sweetest person that I've ever had to work with, known, et cetera, et cetera. And we're still in contact. We text and all this stuff. I will say that the last time we were in Vegas, uh, we're all down there, and like, yes, it's a work trip, work in quotation marks, but we're also in Vegas, not in quotation marks. So. We're sitting at the bar. It's about 1130 at night, and we had done the work stuff earlier in the day, and me and her hung pretty tight. Jeets was down there with us, and for whatever reason, three of us, we were just doing our thing at one point, and this is so unlike Robin, but I remember she looks at me right in the eye and says, I feel like getting into some trouble, and I was like, hell yes, 
and we just put it on. Now, that said, it only lasts about an hour and a half. Cause sure. We, we put it on too much, part of the company, and just passed the hell out. But I'm like, good on you, man. Yeah, we got good and ripped up down in Portland one weekend. That was, uh, that was, uh, that was a good time, too. Yeah, well, that's that's a great idea there, Bo Builder. Let's get Robin on. I know she's got her own podcast now. Yes, she does. If you want to check on her. So uh, that is available as well. We move on. Another, uh, another email here. Hola, gentlemen. I had the perfect plan on getting my ball snipped. I was going to say the greatest story never told about a 20-minute iPod uh, podcast to listen to while I had my 20-minute procedure. So I was trying hard to decide between the kidnapping story, David Lee Roth story, or Vince Neal. I went with Vince. Had to take the earbud out so I could keep it together while the doctor fondled my manhood. <laughs> anyway, thanks for all you do. Your podcast is truly amazing. And no, this isn't the pain meds. I haven't taken them since the initial. That from Squirrel, who says, hold the nuts. Uh, Squirrel, good news. If you happen to listen to our broadcast today, uh, once again, this is going to be amazing. In in, in honor of the Thanksgiving holiday, mm-hmm. we have 10 bands renamed by Vince Neil. Yeah. 10 bands renamed by Vince Neil. Now, I know what you're thinking. Did they do that before? Yes. We have 10 bands named renamed by Vince Neil again for you and your listening pleasure. 10 today. different bands. Yeah, we got we Look, like- Vince Neil's a musician. He likes all kinds of different right. bands, so we have 10 more bands and again, He's sending us the emails going, guys, guys. Well, it's more like this. Guys. I got this. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. You've heard the, you've heard the voice. Mm-hmm. I got this idea. I got two more bands that I would have named so-and-so. And uh, to be kind to Vince, because obviously we're fond of Vince Neil, and we thought it was important that we continue his legacy and bring to you what he has come up yeah. with. Uh, and speaking of David Lee Roth, I just want you to know that uh, I read a great article that just came out with the passing, obviously, of Eddie Van Halen. There's been a lot of different articles about Van Halen's world and all the craziness they did. Of course, we, we brought you the story about what happened here at uh, KISW and all those things back in the day. I'm sure there's way more to that. But either way, I read the story about uh, these two kids who won a Weekend with Van Halen contest on MTV. Both of these kids were from Philadelphia, Mm -hmm. and they were 21 years old. They were in college. They were young and fresh, and the idea was was that they would be blindfolded, put on a plane, they would end up someplace, and then they would party for the Weekend with Van Halen at two or three shows. Who signed off on this? Well, MTV. And the great news about this was Ed Anderson, who was the manager of Van Halen of the day, he's the guy I know who got me backstage for the David Lee Roth stuff. So when I'm reading this stuff, it's kind of funny because I have a basic understanding of how crap's going to go down. So what you need to know is this. Uh, No dudes, first of all. All right? So, but Isn't these that two, DLR's like his, yeah, his specific is, rule? I mean, I, no dudes. Like, you know what I mean? You're not coming backstage. I got backstage because I was working with a radio station, and I was supposed to go back there and do interviews, and none of that ever happened. Of course But it was understood not. that I'd interviewed him before. He's gonna, Dave was going to bring me some weed from Amsterdam. We had a plan. Plan went through. It was all good. But these kids got so messed up, they had to keep picking them off the floor. And the roadies were getting these kids hammered. But they wouldn't stop. And that was the thing, like, as much as we fed these two alcohol. Right. Like, everybody. Eddie's giving it to them. You know, Michael Anthony's giving them Jack Daniels. They would not fall. They would nap. They would get up. They kept, they started, they landed in uh, Detroit and went to a show at the Palace. Mm -hmm. And then they partied all night. Then they partied all day on the bus to the next destination. This repeats for, for three days. And I'm reading this and I'm like, every single beer that they had in the pictures, that was on the rider. That was backstage sure. when I was back there. The brown M&Ms in the M&M jar still is a thing, even with David Lee Roth. And it was very basic. It's like, look, we didn't care about brown M&Ms. We cared about the fact that if they took enough time 
to read the rider and the attention to detail, then we knew that they had all their bases covered. Sure. That's all it was. If there was brown M&Ms in there, you didn't read the rider. That's, so, but that is still true. I don't want to say specifically what it was, but when we do paint on the grass, a lot of bands show up. And depending on the bands, there's a different vibe, right? So some of the older bands, you know, they respect that they're still around. So they tone it down a little bit. But not every band does. Uh, there was an occasion where we are backstage. We're at the Gorge for this one. I want to say it's a two-day affair. And one of the things, every band is back there, man. And there's band members. There's all the roadies. There's managers. But everyone's busy uh, except me and Miles. But the one thing we realized is that some of our promotion staff, they have those, like, on-the-shoulder walkie-talkie mm-hmm. things. So we would hear, like, <laughs> and they would run off and do stuff. So we kind of harassed this one kid. Like, give me your walkie-talkie. He's like, no, man. I'm like, no, just give me the walkie-talkie. I believe we said Jane's Addiction needed like 24 blueberry pancakes. or It was something like that, okay? And this is maybe 45 minutes before they're supposed to go on stage. But you just grab this mic. Barry Farrell's requesting 24 blueberry pancakes. And the response you get is, on the way. And we're like, oh, God. So, but we started doing this with everything. So we're just getting people to go to different places to do stupid stuff. But these guys find a way to get it done. They have to run back to the kitchen like, tell us you can make pancakes. Uh... I will say a little bit later, a uh, boss man rolls up and he's like, I know you're the a- that was doing that. You, I was like, well, yeah. He's like, please stop. He wasn't quite mad, mad. Nah. But with that said, again, different bands have different requirements. Okay. So there are some things that are not on their rider because they are illegal. But somebody knows somebody who knows someone that can get some illegal stuff. In other words, we get a call from someone that says, hey, before you guys show up at X location or Y location, or sometimes we're meeting this band at a restaurant before their show tomorrow night. This is what they're asking for. I just get the feeling you guys can do it. We have facilitated, we have facilitated deals for yeah. more bands than I can think of. A part of me is proud of that, but and you party with a few of them. But the one I remember is a band named Operator, and these guys they were cool. They were young. They were just kind of hitting. Ted got on real well with the lead singer. Well, they end up paying in the grass. No one can find Ted. Ted is now on his way to Spokane on their tour bus. But <laughs> oh, seriously. Yeah. Honestly, God, like, he's gone, man. We're like, Jesus Christ. Ted and uh, Ted and Jeets at one point in time, many, many years ago, almost left with Hailstorm mm-hmm. uh, from uh, the uh, El, El uh, Corzon. Yeah. After a show, we'd been partying with, uh, with Lizzie and her brother, who's in the band, and then her mom was the tour manager. They had an RV out But her front. mom's cool, man. So we started just drinking with her mom, getting hammered. And then we ended up in the van or in the <laughs> RV, you know, like, and I think mom's driving or, you know, like they're driving the next day or whatever. It's like a completely family thing at this point in time. This was before they really broke. But I remember certain people trying to hit on members of the band. Certain members of the band hitting on people we, we knew. Know. Yeah. yeah. It, was, it was one of those things where it was one of those nights you're like, Wow. This is going down awful quick. <laughs> uh, I don't want to say who. There is a singer of a band. The band's still kind of around. But we, I don't remember what the event was, but everyone at KISW, we're partying back at a hotel, right? And the, we're all much younger, so we're raging. But the hotel staff is still cool with us. This dude has a history of falling apart, this particular lead singer. He shows up, and he is with Sean Kenny. All right, and Sean Kenny at this point has dialed back on drinking and all that kind of thing, but they are friends, so he still brings this singer from another band to the KISW party. And Sean Kenny is not a man who gets uncomfortable easily. He was uncomfortable. This guy just is melting down. He's doing all of our drugs, uh, drinking all the booze to the point, I want to say it's 4.30 in the morning. 
Uh, hotel security shows up, and Castle had to be the guy to kick out the lead singer of this band. He's just like, I, I want to tell you, Mike, but, you know. Ah. Look, this guy has a history of— You know this guy. When I, when I tell you his name after this, you would be like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, it's, it's not like Ozzy history where he has fun. This guy does drugs, gets drunk, whatever. And, I mean, it's, it's a nightmare. It's bad. You know, but, like, Hotel was like, listen, man. We have to throw you guys out now. And keep in mind, there's drugs everywhere. They didn't care. It was this one guy. They're like, we don't care what you do. This dude can't keep it together. So it is cool to have a job where you get to party with these guys. Sometimes. Sometimes. Well, the guys who went with Van Halen, who won that contest, they both got laid. Multiple nights. Sure. All right. uh, With uh, people that were brought backstage. Mm. Keep in mind, this is 1984. So, you know, all things considered... You know, you're going back in time a long way. You know what I mean? 36, 36 years difference. In this, and now they're in their 50s telling these stories, you know, about just exactly what went down that night. But it was, it's, uh, those guys, uh, those guys threw down. Uh, another email for you. Uh, Ola Bacholas, I am a member of the United States Coast Guard back in 2001. Uh, we were in Albuquerque, a.k.a. Seward, Alaska, during a wintry <laughs> fishery patrol. A bunch of us have booked a few hotel rooms to get away from the monotony of uh, underway life. Think of Groundhog's Day, the same thing over and over. A bunch of the crew members uh, that uh, may have not been, quote, of age to partake in alcohol, uh, me possibly being one of them, uh, decided that we are going to go out. This is our first night, and I found out that Jägermeister is the type of drink that turns me into an ass. Well, uh, that night, uh, there was uh, this one type of uh, a guy uh, that I had a little bit of a problem with. Uh, basically, he was just whining and bitching about everything. So I started tracking him like a lion tracks prey, trying to think what is the best way to get at, back at this guy. Well, the time came when he was on the balcony, and I ran like I never ran before and pushed him off a second-story <laughs> floor balcony. He luckily landed in a snowbank and only broke his arm. Another crew member called 911. The ambulance came and took him away to the hospital. He gets patched up. The next day I found him uh, to tell him that uh, he was just being a complete douchebag, to say I was sorry. We exchanged apologies. That was the end of the incident. He was questioned and told uh, to make up some sort of story because I never heard anything about it. We were drinking. Reasons why I haven't told anyone is because there is no statute of limitations for the military in alcohol incidents. Also, the military doesn't look too fondly on assault. I love you guys. I listen to your podcast while driving to work in the morning. I listen to your show while driving home. I also have donated to the Fisher House $20 every month nice. through the CFC for the past 14 years. It's a great place. Peace out, bitches. That from Jason Z. They have no statute of limitations on alcohol-related stuff. First of all, no job is cool with assault if you're not MMA or boxing, right? So I understand that. But you would think, like, there are things we could probably roll up to the boss and say, hey, man, remember 14 years ago we got drunk and blah? You'd let it go. He'd have to. And he's probably already aware. But I can't believe that the military holds that over you. No. I mean, like, statue of limitations, man. It depends on what you do. But alcohol incidents, depending on what they are. Now, look, if you sexually assault someone, it doesn't matter what you're on. You sexually assaulted someone. I understand why the statue of limitations maybe doesn't need to run out on things like that. But you pushed the guy off a balcony, landed in snow, and broke his And you guys apologized to each other. Right. Water under the bridge. Exactly. Yeah, I don't get that. Yeah. Uh, by the way, once again, kidnapping, not a seven-year statute of limitations. <laughs> is it uh, Is it forever? I think it might be forever if the victim chooses to complain. But, you know, never take legal advice from a friend who's not a lawyer. Oh, dude, it's seven years. And me and my buddy Leon, honest to God, kept our mouths shut for seven years. 
Never told anyone else about the story. Well, a very select few mm-hmm. people, but never told anyone. Then I opened up and told someone, and I want to say it was a lawyer, that said, bro, you, you know that that's not true. I'm like, uh-oh. But it's already out there in the ether. And as far as I know, this guy does not listen to the podcast. If he does, yes, I'm the one to kidnap you. Yes. Sorry. Okay. Happened one that, time. Uh, in some states, violent crimes like kidnapping or arson have no statute of limitations. I, so it I depends entirely on the it state It wasn't you're in. violent, I don't think. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think uh, before he we say leave that? here on the podcast, I don't know. I'll tell you uh, one quick Thanksgiving story. This happened uh, last year. Uh, the wife's uh, folks come into town for the holidays, mm-hmm. so uh, me and the father-in-law we're going to go to the Apple Cup, which I believe was that Saturday. So it was uh, you know big was that deal. That super rainy ass. Was it that that was one? a cold day. It wasn't that bad, but either way, uh, the one good thing about Husky Stadium is you can leave, come back in. So if you want to go and get a cigarette, you can leave. So right at the beginning of halftime, I tell my father-in-law, I said, hey, man, um, I want to go smoke a cigarette. I'll be right back. I step outside. I'm at the fence. This guy's like, hey, are you Miles? I said, yeah. He says, hey, man, I'll listen to the show. I'm going out to my boat. Do you want to come out there and do some drugs? <laughs> I'm like, hell yeah. <laughs> so I don't realize how long of a walk this is back to the boat. <laughs> I go to the boat. Get a beer. Beer goes down nice and easy. Do a shot. Do some drugs. Do some more drugs. Hang out for a little bit more. Do some more drugs. <laughs> Can't leave yet because I'm going to do a little bit more drugs. <laughs> right. Have another beer. Have another shot. Wander back. There's two minutes left in the third quarter. Oh, damn. Uh, no. <laughs> he was sitting there the whole time. I was like, oh, God, time flew. He's like, you just went out for a cigarette? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> you think and he then, knew? And well, you know, the only thing was was that uh, by the end of the game, it's still kind of cold, and there's a lot of traffic out there, and there's a lot of uh, cabs, but there's not many cabs, and, you know. So I'm, he's like, "Well, how are we going to get home?" Like, we'll walk, we can make it, and I'm flying home, man. Right. I'm walking fast down the trail, you know what I mean? He kept up, he made it. He was wiped out the next day. I didn't realize how grueling that walk was because, well, I was fine. <laughs> right. I was. I was <laughs> I had lots of energy. Right. I was walking home, home. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, let's get home. Give us more beer. But he was uh, like, his hips hurt the next day. How old is he? Seventy. <laughs> oh, no. I feel bad about leaving him for that long. Drinking beer and getting all my stuff. Sure, he had a wonderful time. <laughs> sure, he did. Yeah, I know how he feels. All right. Uh, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving. You've been listening to the greatest story never told with Miles and Thrill on Radio.com. <laughs> Oh, man! A Double Flush Production.